So Ayurveda is a 5,000-year-old science. It comes from ancient India. It's been time-tested over thousands of years, literally. Um, and it, and before 5,000 years ago, it was orally transmitted from, from, you know, um, from doctors and mm. by as they call them to their villagers and to their, to the people. And so this ancient wisdom has been tested across the Indian subcontinent for thousands of years across billions of people. And it's survived because there's something about the truth and the truth is timeless. And if it's survived this long, that means it's working. That means it has worked and it will continue to work. Welcome to the Soaring Child podcast, where parents of children with ADHD learn tips and tricks to help their child soar at home, at school, and in life. We feature interviews with experts, medical professionals, and parents just like you who are learning how to reduce ADHD symptoms using food and other natural strategies because children with ADHD deserve to soar just like every other child. I'm your host, Dana Kay. Hello, parents. This is Dana Kay here with another edition of the Soaring Child podcast. Now, today's episode dives deep into an ancient science that could revolutionize how we think about our kids' mental health, about their focus, and about their emotional balance. And we're going to chat about a mind-blowing documentary that actually shows us why this age-old practice could be the game changer in modern healthcare. Trust me, this is a conversation that you are not going to want to miss. But before I introduce my guest, I just want to say how grateful I am for each and every one of you listening. The Soaring Child podcast really comes to life because you're here, you're tuning in, and hopefully you're finding benefit from it. We know the strategies and information we talk about have life-changing potential for so many children and families out there dealing with ADHD, but really that potential can only be fulfilled when these messages reach the families who need them most. So here's my ask to you today. If, you, if you've been inspired, if you've been educated, or even just entertained by some of the funny Australian words that I say, um, please take a moment to like this episode, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast far and wide. You know, these actions may seem simple, but they really do have a profound impact. They help us reach new families, new parents, and new caregivers who are searching for answers in the complex world of ADHD. So thank you for being an indispensable part of The Soaring Child. Your support doesn't just boost our reach, it really just fosters a community, it fosters understanding and also hope. So get ready to meet an amazing guy, Amish Shah. He's not just a savvy entrepreneur, but also a yoga guru, a filmmaker, and someone on a personal quest for healing. When traditional medicine had no answers, uh, Amish took matters into his own hands and dug into the world of ancient wisdom. He captured all of this in a must-watch documentary called The Natural Law, uh, which is available to view at thenaturallaw.com. Now, in this film, uh, Amish opens up about his own healing journey and takes a hard look at the shortcomings of Western medicine, which we do tend to do on this podcast as well. But he also shows us the incredible healing power that comes from balancing our mind, our body, and our spirit, especially through Ayurveda. So whether you're a skeptic 
or a believer or a parent struggling with a child's ADHD diagnosis or simply someone curious about this alternative healing, this conversation is for you. We'll delve into Ayurveda, its application for ADHD and much more as we explore the healing power of balance in our lives. So now it's time to welcome Amish Shah to The Soaring Child. Hi, Amish. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Excited to be here and chat all about Ayurveda. <laughs> yes, yeah, so am I. We haven't actually uh, talked about this on the podcast. So I, you know, when, when I had the opportunity to interview, I was actually really, really excited because between you and me, I actually don't know that much about it either. So really <laughs> excited to sort of dive deep. I'm curious, you know, maybe just start by telling us your story, you know, what led you into your interest of Ayurveda? Yeah. So uh, growing up, you know, I had this life of, um, you know, my parents were from India, they were immigrants from India, but I was I was born in the States. I was born in New Jersey and born and raised in New York and New Jersey. So um, I had some of the ancient kind of wisdom at home, but I didn't really follow it. I was like, hey, I, I wanted to be like a, you know, American, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, eating burgers and fries and pizza and whatever else, not going home and eating Indian food. So that was like this big thing. So it was, it was kind of like there, but it was never a thing for me. My parents didn't really understand Ayurveda growing up. So that's that's the first thing, you know, it's just me growing up, trying to live like the American life. And, you know, the American dream was to make a lot of money. So I was always like driven, you know, and <clears throat> growing up, I would have some symptoms of like bloody noses and, and migraines as a kid, actually, and stomach aches. Pretty often we'd go to the doctor and there'll be nothing you could do. I used to get eczema patches too. And you, back then it was like, here's some, the pink stuff, the Pepto-Bismol. And uh, here's a little lotion for your um, your your skin issue and, and come back. So I normalized it basically for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of my life. Just going back every year or two years being like, my stomach hurts. I get migraines and I have this eczema patch. Same, same kind of story. Um, but when I was 19, 20 years old, I, or around that age, I would say, I developed vitiligo. And vitiligo is a lightening or a whitening of the skin. You lose, you lose complete pigmentation of the skin. So I had a huge vitiligo mark under my eye, and I had a really dark vitiligo mark uh, down here. And so I went back to the doctor and I was like what's going on and they're like we don't know how to explain vitiligo it just happens that was literally the excuse you can do uv therapy or you could take you know some put some steroids on top of it and that's all we can do and uh, I ended up doing uv therapy but it didn't work so uh I was working a full-time job at the time you know as when I graduated and I got a job and I was working full-time kind of throughout college too and at some point, I was like, I don't want to work anymore. I want to start my own business. I want to be rich. I'm again, I'm driven, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm gonna be rich. Like, why why am I gonna struggle? You know, you know, growing up in 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 our household with immigrant parents, we we didn't have much growing up. You know, it's not like we were rich. We also weren't like dirt poor living on the street, but we're like lower lower income kind of household. You know, and so that wasn't gonna be me. <laughs> So I started experimenting online in the early 2000s, around 2002, three. Uh, within two years, I had taken what I was experimenting with online and turned it into a million dollar a year business. Um, so by the age 24, 25, around 2005, 
uh, I had made my first million dollars. And so I was just like, whoa, like this is nuts. I quit my job. Uh, and then that one million turned to two, turned to three, turned to 10 within five years. Before I knew it, I had moved from my two-bedroom condo in New Jersey, and I was living in a 6,000-square-foot house in La Jolla, California, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. I had a theater. I had a pool on the roof. I had an elevator. Uh, and I had a Ferrari, a Maserati, and an Audi in the driveway. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And that that's what had become of my life. I was partying all like all the time every night like you know drinks every night partying every night flying to different cities all the time staying up late stressing about my business businesses at this time I think we had four or five different businesses at the time and I was in so much pain I remember this day very clearly <clears throat> my stomach was hurting I, I had like thinning hair going on by this massive migraine and I'm literally in the shower looking out at my cars and the ocean. Uh, and I thought I hated my life. <clears throat> I wanted to end my life. I said, this sucks. Like, I'm in pain and I, I, I don't know about anything. What sort I of pain? I achieved everything. Well, sorry, did you, uh, could you hear me okay? I was just asking what, uh, what sort of pain were you in? Were you in? Yeah, so uh, my my back was hurting, my stomach was hurting. I I was having migraines. Um, I would get like sinus infections really often. Like I couldn't breathe properly. Sleep was messed up. Uh, my stool specifically, um, you know, it might be TMI, yeah. but it was either diarrhea or constipation and bloating. I had nothing in between, uh, and so it felt like IBS, Crohn's type of mm -hmm. symptoms happening. So I go to the doctor. And at this point, I'm 29, 30 years old, around oh, 29, actually. And I get my blood report back. And he's like, I'm telling him everything. Like, oh, my God, like all this stuff's going on. And he's like, all right, let, let's just take a blood report. So he took the blood report. And my numbers were off the charts. My cholesterol was 370 as a 29-year-old. Normal range is between 180 and 220. Um, I had fatty liver, neoadrenal failure, pre-diabetic. Pre and I'm like, I'm 29. Like, mm. what is what's going on? Right. So um, long story short, I spend the next two years to three years, actually longer, probably five years seeing specialists, um, 20 different doctors, um, at least 20 different doctors, MRIs, CAT scans, um, ultrasounds, I mean, x-rays. I mean, I had every test done. I had surgery done. I, I had a deviated septum surgery and none of this was working. They wanted to put, they, they had put me on uh, prescriptions for a while. So proton pump inhibitors, uh, antidepressant and high cholesterol medication. And I stopped all of that and went to an integrative clinic and started to experiment with herbs at some point. Cause so I was like, that's some, something isn't right. You know, this pain is not normal, but they kept saying nothing is wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with you. And I'm like, something is wrong with me. I'm in pain. Um, and so uh, somewhere along the way, um, I, I sold all the companies and everything I was working on um, because I didn't want anything to do with the software companies or the marketing companies because I needed to get healthy. And then I decided I'm just going to do what I love. 
And that brought me to researching in ancient wisdom. I always loved ancient wisdom growing up and researching books about it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to do this next for my business. Uh, and so I did. Uh, and I started shooting. Uh, I shot my first film on a lost civilization. Um, and we developed all these cool different brands around positive, do good, ancient wisdom type of um like wisdom and content that we were creating. And that led me to Ayurveda uh, about 13, 12 years ago-ish. And again, it was in my family and like, you know, my parents, um, if I got a stomachache when I was younger, the Pepto-Bismol was one thing, but then they would give me like celery seeds and turmeric and salt and ghee and like, you know, give me these concoctions. They wouldn't know why it worked. They just knew that it worked because it was passed down from their mother, from their grandmother, from their great grandmother. And, you know, that's how it worked. It was uh, it was just a medicine that was passed down from generation to generation. So I started to research this and I was like, wait a minute, like, you know, something's here. And I was trying to get healthy at the time. So I stopped the partying and I was green juicing and exercising and doing the things I knew how to get healthy, but I would still be in pain. So while I was looking better and losing weight and feeling fit, I would still be in pain. So it was like this mystery illness that I was facing. Um, and it was around that time, again, around 10 years ago, I went to um, go do a detox retreat. It's mm. called Panchakarma. Panchakarma is a detox retreat that I went on. And that was when I brought the film crew with me 10 years ago. And I found out that I started feeling better. And so um, along the journey, I found I took a genetic test. I found out I have celiac disease. All the allopathic doctors told me that there's no way I was allergic to gluten. And celiac is a severe reaction to gluten. Yes. Uh, and so nowhere along the path, I had doctors tell me there's no way I was allergic to gluten. Meanwhile, everything that was showing up, acne and all this like heat in my body, my Ayurvedic practitioners were telling me I had a pitta imbalance, which means I had too much heat in my body. I had too much inflammation in my body, right? Heat produces inflammation. So Ayurveda was using herbs, lifestyle, and foods to reduce what was happening in my body and keeping me at bay and eventually healing what was eight ulcers along my intestinal tract. Wow. Uh, they were, some of them had popped open and they were just leaking toxic material into my gut. And that was being stored on the left side of my body. And it, it was literally like, I couldn't move my eye at some point. I was bedridden at some point, like, you know, to be alive now to say Ayurveda saved my life is like a gift. Um, I've, we've filmed 40 different experts over the last 10 years. I've dedicated my life to this. Um, Deepak Chopra, Sri Sri, Ravi Shankar, uh, Dr. Vasant Lad, Sahara Rose, Peter Crone, um, Dr. Sheila Patel. You know, these are like who's who of Ayurveda in mm. the world. And these are scientists and doctors and experts and um, spiritual philosophers. I mean, it took me everywhere because I was using that as a way to figure out what was wrong with me and heal my body. Yeah. yeah. And I'm time. curious across, across all the doctors that you went to. So like, you know, I talk a lot about gluten-free here for kids with ADHD and yes. um, 
you know, I do a lot of genetics uh, in for the families as well. And so we can see the underlying genes to see if they're predisposed right. to celiac or just non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So in all of the doctors that you went to, you're saying that not one doctor said, let's do a scope to test for celiac. No, all the doctors told me no. So when I'd go visit my Ayurvedic practitioners, are you allergic to anything? I'd say no. My doctors told me I wasn't allergic to anything. Interesting. My doctors refused, my allopathic doctors refused to give me a gluten test, actually. And in hindsight, I'm like, why would they ever do that? But they said there was no way I was allergic to gluten. Mm -hmm. I had two different doctors tell me that two different doctors and that's very very common and that happened to us as well when you know my son was first diagnosed and I started to dive into like the natural uh approaches for ADHD you know I read a lot of studies about gluten and about food allergies and food sensitivities and when I went to his doctor his pediatrician I said can we test for this that he's like don't bother None of that works. Now, my son, um, uh, 10 years later, he uh, is a thriving, almost 14-year-old, hasn't been on ADHD meds for years, um, and we do not have the same pediatrician anymore. So um, <laughs> I, I want to, <laughs> so I am like, I'm loving this conversation because, it, you know, it's very much um, what I teach and preach. It's not what you know, the doctors are taught, you know, as much as we want to blame the doctors, we have to blame the system that, that exactly the doctors, the information in the first place. Right. Yeah. No, you're so right. Um, so and, let's dive into, you know, what are the core principles of Ayurveda and, you know, yeah. as a, obviously uh, the people that we're talking to are, are parents that have kids with ADHD, how might it relate to managing ADHD symptoms? Absolutely. So Ayurveda is a 5,000 year old science. It comes from ancient India It's been time tested over thousands of years, literally. Um, And and before 5,000 years ago, it was orally transmitted from, from, you know, um, from doctors and Mm. IGS, they call them to their villagers and to their, to the people. And so this ancient wisdom has been tested across the Indian subcontinent for thousands of years across billions of people. And it's survived because there's something about the truth and the truth is timeless. And if it's survived this long, that means it's working. That means it has worked and it will continue to work because there's something about it that is truthful, that people are like, wow, I'm going to use this for my kids and my kids and my kids and my aunt and my uncle and whoever else around them. Um, And the fact that it's still used traditionally, you know, um, as a medicine in India and the subcontinent of, of all of kind of the South Asia subcontinent is amazing. And so the basis of it is that we must live in accordance to nature. And there are certain laws. The natural law is actually the name of the film. Mm. So there's certain laws in nature that if we go out of bounds, we will become out of balance. Mm -hmm. And they're really very simple, actually. And they say everything in the universe consists of the five elements. And that's air, I'm sorry, ether, I should say, or a space all this kind of empty space that we say that we have. We have empty space in our stomach, in our brain cavity. It's all just space. And then it's filled in with things, right? We have air, the air that's coming in through our lungs. You know, we have air produced by the clouds that's creating wind. There's fire. And that's the third element. And there's, you know, this big fall, big ball of fire in the sky that kind of powers our whole planet. 
And our temp our body temperature is 98.6 degrees pretty much on average, right? So there's some kind of heat inside of us that have some kind of fire inside of us that's keeping us warm. Then there's water. We're made up of 70% water, so is the 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 earth. And so there's you know planets that are frozen and they have ice on them. And you know, we we there's so much water in the universe. And then the last is earth. Everything has some kind of structure to it. We have trees and shrubs and our bodies are structured. Planets are structured. We can see them with the telescope, the moon, the sun. There's structure inside of them. So those five elements of ether, air, fire, water, and earth, they combine to create different forces. It's like physics, except they knew this thousands of years ago. So ether and air produce movement. Anything that moves that is ether and air. We have food moving through our digestive tract. There's planes, there's ants on the ground, everything that we're moving in the sky at some thousands of miles per uh, second. A fruit fly that just keeps flying past my eye. And I, <laughs> we go. everything That's... is constantly moving. Yes. Right? When we combine uh, fire and water, that's transformation. What happens when you boil water? It disappears and turns into vapor and it's gone. That is transformation in itself. When we put food in our bodies and it comes out in different forms through sweat or urine or our stool, that is transformation. And we took what we needed out of it. We got our energy out of it and that created transformation. Uh, this light in front of me that I have, it's being plugged into a wall. This electric circuit is turning into this light that's you know, reflecting light, that's transformation. Everything is constantly transforming. The seasons, everything is constantly transforming. And then when you combine water and earth, that is structure. And everything has structure, right? Why are we not a puddle of water, you know, mm -hmm. crawling on the ground? Well, we got ligaments, we got muscles, we have tendons, we have skin, we have organs, it holds us upright. And that gives us structure. Same thing with the trees and the plants and the animals. Everything has a certain amount of structure. So the five elements and the three, uh, they call them doshas of movement, structure, and sorry, I should go back again. <laughs> the three doshas are uh, anything that moves, anything that transforms, and anything that has structure. And they're made up of the five elements. So when we're born, we have a certain um, combination of these five elements and these different structures. And as we live our lives through the toxins that we take in from the environment, stress, food, whatever, anything that throws those, that balance out of its balance, mm -hmm. then that's when we get symptoms. Yeah, That's when we get sick. That's when we get diseased. So mm -hmm. it starts from there. So what we want to do is we want to take certain herbs and foods. They all have a certain amount of these five elements, and we all have a certain amount of these five elements. So if something is off, we use a plant that will reduce it. We take out the foods that are inflaming it. And so we have this guide that was produced thousands of years ago that cataloged 9,000 plants that have 25,000 recipes for everything from chronic conditions to cancers to just everyday stomach aches. And some of these recipes take up to 110 steps to make. This is not just something they just like, we're like, oh yeah, we'll just cut it up and throw it in this. And mm -hmm. this is science. And so for me, in my case, guess what? My pitta or my transformation dosha was elevated. 
very elevated. And so was my movement, which is vata. And that was causing excess anxiety in my mind. That was causing uh, attention you know, disorders where I couldn't focus on anything and my mind would go blank for a while or I'd want to go do something else. And I just couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, guess where it all started from? In my gut. Yes. Ayurveda says that disease, not it starts in the mind, number one, yes, but it crystallizes in the body. And where disease starts, once your mind has kind of come up with it, right? It starts in the gut. It manifests in the gut. And so your gut is responsible for everything. So clean gut means good mind. Mm -hmm. My, you know, when I started getting healthier and cleaning my gut out and healing those ulcers and putting in the things that my body needed and reducing my pitta and reducing my vata, my emotional state calmed down. I was able to handle the things that were coming at me without feeling irritated i was able to concentrate on my work and get through an hour without being lost and, and figuring out what am i supposed to be doing right now and gave me my focus back it gave me my life back it gave me my health back it gave me my vitality back and it's a different way of thinking it's not like oh i have a rash let me put something on it ayurveda says well what's causing that mm -hmm. rash well, let's just fix what's fix what's causing it so that rash never comes back and never causes you any issues. Yeah, you're so preaching to the choir here, Amish, because um, you know, I'm very much about getting to the reason behind why something's mm -hmm. uh, happening. I'm curious, how would one person find out if their thing is elevated, or you know, how does how yeah. do you find out? So there's um there's dosha quizzes. There's a dosha quiz on our website now. I can give you a basic mm -hmm. diagnosis. I don't even want to say the word diagnosis. It's mm -hmm. more like a, a quiz, right? Um, and so you take the quiz and it'll tell you which of your doshas may be off. Mm -hmm. And they're very simple questions. And a lot of dosha quizzes do work. Some complex conditions, it may not work. So that's just a fair warning that we're not doctors. I'm not a doctor. And this yeah. isn't advice. But if you work with an Ayurvedic practitioner, which we also have on our platform, they can they'll take the the you know the the responses from your dosha quiz and then ask you a series of questions. You know, in the modern medical system, you get seen for like 10 minutes. I remember them coming in and huffing and puffing and they're on their microphone talking to the computer and they're like, okay, we got 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, my back hurts, my get a migraine and my neck hurts. And okay, what else do you want to know? Right. And they're like, okay, I don't know, but we have to get approval from insurance and we're going to see if oh. we can get an MRI. And it's like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Ayurvedic practitioners will spend a minimum of 45 minutes with you, a minimum mm. of 45 minutes. They ask you about your life, about your relationships, what's going on, what kind of foods do you eat every single day? Um, do you do you understand what you're eating? What, what after you eat certain things, are you feeling any symptoms? And so we want to get to the root cause because we realize that disease and what's going on in the body that we call a disease is a combination of things related to your mind, your body, and the connection to yourself mm -hmm. or your spirit. And it's when also these three things get out of whack or something like, oh, you, you hate what you do every day. You wake up and you're like, oh, my God, I got to go to work. And you're at work and you're pissed off the whole day. And mm -hmm. you come home and you're like, yeah, 
that is affecting your health. <laughs> it is definitely. It's like stress is probably one of the main uh, main drivers. Main, yeah. yeah, stress is huge, and and it's and it's not just stress; it's perceived stress, right? So someone can have the same job as that person. And one person's like, oh, man, I'm doing so good. I love this job. I love my boss. Mm -hmm. I love my employees. Like, oh, teammates are amazing. The other person's like, I'm going to kill everybody, right? So it's that perceived stress. They could be in the same stimulus. And one person's in the parasympathetic state and the other person's in the sympathetic state. Mm -hmm. And they're in fight or flight. And they're like, ugh, like, and they hate it, right? So Ayurveda looks at that. And, and one of the core things of Ayurveda also says, only treat unhappiness because a lot of it comes from there. Mm -hmm. A lot of what's happening comes from there. So the mind, body, and spirit or self-awareness connection are so critical in Ayurveda. And, you know, these doshas, when they get out of balance specifically for ADHD is when your vata gets out of balance, right? Movement. What's going on in your mind when you have ADHD? Mm. You're just, you're just fidgety. You're, you're trying to figure it out. You're OCD. Your things are just, you can't concentrate too much vata. So what do we do? Vata, we want to cut out vata producing things, right? Those are the foods that are related to vata. So leafy greens, cold foods, salads. You want to replace cold leafy greens with warm salads, cooked foods. Mm -hmm. That will bring the vata down. You want to bring... Um, foods that are heavier in nature to help you bring that vata down. Now, Ground you. there's very specific foods for each of these doshas. You can look them up online. And we also have a list on our website as well. When you take the dosha quiz, they list some examples as well. So there's lots of different ways you can find it, right? I highly suggest working with an Ayurvedic practitioner also. Um, Self-diagnosis, you know how it goes it's a slippery yep. slope <laughs> dr google out there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so and um, then so like you've got the foods um and then usually when you're working with an ivory practitioner do you do you take any herbs or do you take any yeah. special um tinctures or things like that yeah. so lifestyle food are two mm -hmm. things and then uh herbs are amazing herbs are Nature's pharmacy, as Ayurveda says. Mm -hmm. Everything in nature, as mentioned, if your vata is imbalanced, there's an herb that will bring that down, that mm. will calm it down, right? An example is ashwagandha. Ashwagandha mm -hmm. is a beautiful herb that helps calm the central nervous system down. While it's calming the central nervous system down, it's actually strengthening it. So it gives it peace and makes it stronger. Ashwagandha is a beautiful Beautiful, beautiful herb. Now, everyone's body's different. I can't recommend ashwagandha, ashwagandha to everybody, but majority of people can take it. Mm. Um, and it's a very, very great tonic as well. Trifola is another great one. Trifola is tridoshic, which means that doesn't matter what state you're in, you can take trifola. Trifola is the combination of three different fruits and it's packed with the most vitamin C out of anything that you can ever get, basically. It's the precursor to vitamin C. And so you take this, and it's a detoxifying agent for your stomach, your intestinal tract, and your colon. And so it pulls out all the gunk that may be stuck in there through your colon. I'm and curious, uh, what are those fruits? Um, that's a good question. So amla is one of them. Yeah. 
Alma um, Berry, um, Camu Camu, and Acarola Cherry. I don't actually know the the, <laughs> the names, but I know the Indian names. Yes, which is Bibitaki and Hibitaki. So okay, and so I and and Amla. It's those three or those three fruits mixed together. There's yeah. a there's a powerful synergy between those three. Yes, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the vitamin C supplements that we use is from a, a, um, a company called Paleo Valley, and they use these three superpower foods to to get. That. I wonder if they're it's, the same. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite because yes, I mean everything can come from food. Everything can come from nature, and I think it's it's moving away from. Let, let's bring our our bodies and our lives and our minds back mm -hmm. to where we all started, back to nature, which is how the earth right. was born. That's how we were born. And, you know, interestingly, and I'm going to go a little slightly off topic here, but we um, I work with a lot of Indian families and, uh, you know, just talking to you and talking about, you know, some of the issues that you had and some of the issues that I, uh, uh, you know, that the families that I work with, Indian families I work with, I'm wondering if it's because they've been taken out of their natural habitat we, we have, the, yeah. at the end of the day and then planted into the USA, which is exactly completely right. opposite to where... Mm. they've come from and so and it's the colonialization and industrialization of india that they look they were taught that maybe there's a better way the allopathic way is better. yes yes and so now there's a resurgence of this because now the science is proving oh my god turmeric works for inflammation ashwagandha works with stress shilajit yes. has like 70 something minerals inside of it like it's an amazing tonic and you know neem and and holy basil like the herbs that came from ayurveda are now being proven to have efficacy yeah definitely and look a lot of that stuff we're we're using with children um you know because children with adhd you know tend to be in a state of inflammation uh mm -hmm. you, you mentioned something about scientific studies and uh, i know that there are a lot of people out there that are critics you know that they say it's not scientifically validated and therefore you know should not be considered as a legitimate treatment for adhd what have you got to say to that you know um wikipedia and all these other sites will say whatever they want um yeah you know um science WebMD. <laughs> webmd science is just now catching up and if you look at the who they they consider ayurveda a real science and so mm. Um, Europe con considers Ayurveda a real science. Australia considers Ayurveda a real science. Um, in the Western world, in America, it's still catching storm, right? So mm. um, I'm going to give you a, a, a brief kind of an, like a, a just a correlation is everyone thought chiropractic and acupuncture was nutty 20 years ago. Now yes. we're like, oh my God, it works. Meditation was considered woo-woo. Yoga was considered woo-woo. But now we're realizing, oh, my God, it works, right? So Ayurveda falls, it's sister science of yoga and meditation. There's no um, difference. It's it's just a different branch to, to, kind of, mm. to kind of put it, you know, clearly. So, you know, we have to use these tools. You know, science now just proved Panchakarma, the detox retreat that I was talking about. These detox retreats. There is a 50% reduction of toxins in the mm. fat cells after seven days of this detox retreat. Wow. So science is now catching up to this ancient wisdom. And curious where you did one of these retreats. 
So there's several places uh, in India. There's several places in the United States as well. There's places in Hawaii. There's a place in Iowa. There's two in North Carolina. Yeah. There's one in Florida. There's one in Pittsburgh. Uh, there's one in New Mexico. There's one. There's a few in California. So they're they're around. They're just yeah. hidden little gems. Yeah. Interesting because um, I just googled it while we're talking, and there, like, I'm in Seattle, and there's there's a um, there's a a couple here in, in Seattle as well. So there you exactly. go. That's amazing. Um, that might be my next birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely go. Everyone that I've said go to Panchakarma, they come back and they're like, wow. Like mm-hmm. I just reversed my age by like 20 years. That's amazing. And look, you know, you, you're talking about yoga and you're talking about um, meditation, which I assume is also all part of the Ayurvedic approach. Um, it's that holistic approach food, stress relief, mm-hmm. um, movement. Breath work is a big breath. piece of it. Yes, yes. Yeah, breath work is, you know, especially for ADHD is um, when we want to sync the brain hemispheres, we can use alternate nostril breathing and you can look it up and it's an ancient technique from yoga and Ayurveda where you just kind of switch off between the different nostrils. And what it does is it syncs the two hemispheres of the brain Mm. and brings us into kind of that calm parasympathetic kind of alpha brainwave state. Uh, And it's a beautiful practice for children. Um, And um, it, it, it works. It works. Right. (laughs) No, I've just, I, again, I just uh, Googled that one as well. We'll definitely um, uh, put that in the show notes because I can totally see how that would be really calming really relaxing, really mm-hmm. opening up the brain. I, I do talk a lot about breathing for the brain um, because, you know, mm. just breathing, we don't, you know, it's such a, such, it, we don't survive without breathing. So let's exactly. use that breath to get where it needs to go. And that would be a really good way to teach uh, children on how to do it. So that's one friendly breathing technique um, uh, so that you, that that helps focus. Is that right? Yeah, it helps focus. It helps uh, clarity over time. You get more benefits of it. Mm. Um, you know, in the beginning, the focus may only be like, let's do it for 30 seconds. Let's do it for a minute. Let's do it for a certain amount of rounds, even like five rounds. Um, and then as you increase the time, you will realize that you get into a deeper state of relaxation, kind of focused mind. And it's beautiful. Mm. It's a beautiful mm. experience. I'll definitely have to give that a, a try after we get off here. Mm-hmm. And it's like anything. And, you know, as I say a lot to to families that, that Rome wasn't built in a day and, you know, sure. trying to get your, your kid to sit there for half an hour doing alternate nose breathing is obviously <laughs> going to be a little bit. There's other, there's other hacks too, like small, there's other small things too. I'd, I'll jump in here and I'll just mention them um, is like daily rituals, you know, simple acts like um, cleaning the tongue every single day, every day in the morning you wake up and you see that white film, don't brush it off, use a tongue scraper and wash it down the sink. That should not go back into your body because that's toxic material. Mm -hmm. So that will disturb the gut, which will disturb the mind. So that's an easy one that you can implement. Sipping warm water throughout the day, stay away from ice cold water Mm -hmm. and icy drinks. Warm Mm -hmm. water keeps the gut moving, keeps things moving through the gut, gets rid of the toxic material in the gut. So just keep it, keep it going. Um, and, um, Ayurvedic oil massages. If you have a child, children love massages, Mm. love massages. You, my, my children, my kids are seven and 11 
and we call it spa day Sunday. And they just come in front of me, they plop down and I massage their temples and their heads and I massage their bodies with specifically Ayurvedic oils. Now, if ADHD is a Vata imbalance, you can use a Vata oil, rub it into their body and you'll see their body. They'll just boom. They just relax after the massage. And it's such a good experience. Kids need touch, right? As soon as they're born, we put them to our bodies. They need that touch. That doesn't change even when we're older. We still need touch. Right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, what's so, your favorite? Um, uh, what's your favorite sort of brand of Ayurvedic um, uh, oils? Um, you know, Banyan Botanicals and Chopra are, are two great brands. You know, my um, biggest thing is make sure that they are organic. Yes. Yeah. We don't need any more chemicals in our body contributing. No to inflammation for our kiddos. Well, Amish, you have given us some really great insight into Ayurveda. You've also given us some great, small, easy tasks that families can incorporate uh, into their daily routine. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to finish up today. I want to thank you so much. This was so enlightening for me. Um, the, the, The knowledge, and I can see the passion that just sort of comes out of you when you talk about this please tell listeners where they can find and follow you online yeah so the website's the naturallaw.com and there'll be a link uh, on the notes here as well and you can find us on instagram and on facebook and social media channels on at at be the natural law because you should be the natural law once you be the natural law then everything's in balance Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you once again for joining me today. Listeners, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Soaring Child. I'm Dana Kay, your ADHD health practitioner. Keep on thriving. Thank you for listening to The Soaring Child podcast today. To learn more about how to help your child with ADHD soar using natural strategies, visit our website at ADHDthriveinstitute.com. And follow us on social media at ADHD Thrive Institute.